Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we dive into the lesson for Sabbath, May 16th, exploring language, text, and context. Let's learn about how a careful study of the very words in their context can help us better understand and appreciate the Bible as the Word of God. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, Sabbath, May 16th, language, text, and context. And our memory text comes from Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 26, and it says... Take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. You know, what a great lesson that we're beginning here with the uh, language, text, and context, looking at how all of the Bible makes sense together, but from the smallest, from the individual words to the sentences to the grammar, all of it fits together in a larger context. Yeah, it does. And uh, this is exactly what Sabbath's lesson brings out. It talks about all the languages that are put together, but but also the fact that all those languages put together actually help us to understand the Bible even better. Yeah. You know, we can thank God that so many people over history and through missions have dedicated their lives to taking the Bible and making that available into many different languages around the world. It's amazing how many languages the Bible's available, but also our lesson reminds us that there's still quite a few languages where people actually still today don't have access to the Word of God. It's true, it's true. And you know, I think it's uh, clear for us to see here, it's not just about the, the language, but it's about understanding the Scriptures. So can you read for us uh, 2 Timothy uh, 3, uh, verse 16 and 17, Michael? You know, it's one of the great passages that we keep reading again and again through this lesson. And that, I think, highlights just how important this text is for understanding the Word of God and its significance. So uh, today I happen to be, uh, I like to use different Bible translations. And so for our listeners, I want to alert you, I'm using the English Standard Version. And actually, I got a, a Bible at the Society of Biblical Literature just a year or two ago. It's the Archaeology Study Bible. So you want a fun Bible. This is not an endorsement by any means, but just <laughs> I, I like different Bibles, and it happens to be what I'm using. Uh, but there's all kinds of really cool archaeological insights as I've been using this. Anyways, let's get into the text. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mm. So, for what purpose was the Bible given to us? Well, you just read it, correct? Yeah. Uh, so we can become complete. You know, that's the thing. Apart from God, we are not complete. In God, we find ourselves growing towards completion. Yeah. You know, the word that comes to mind for me as as a parent is maturity. Yeah. You know, we both have kids, Buster, and uh, we're watching them grow a little <laughs> bit more each and every day. And, and now quite a bit now that we've been home under, uh, you know, self-isolation, having to be home altogether quite a bit more. But it's interesting, even from uh, just over the last month or two, being at home all the time, just watching how our kids are maturing in different ways. It's neat to see. And I think that's kind of what... Uh, in, in the, Timothy in this passage what it's talking about really is trying to bring home this point 
uh, that we are maturing as Christians and the Word of God is what God gives us to help us with that process. I, I couldn't put it more beautifully, and, and I, <clears throat> that picture of us growing is exactly what the Bible's there for, to help us grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Deuteronomy 32, verses 46 through 47, adds a little bit to that. says, uh, this is a New King James Version. It says, And he said to them, Set your hearts on all the words which I testify among you today, which you shall command your children to be careful to observe all the words of the law. And it finishes up with saying, For it is not a futile thing for you, because it is your life. And by this word you shall prolong the day, your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. Mm-hmm. You know, it is your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and this kind of leads us right into our next lesson with words themselves and their meanings. And I think one of the things that's really important for our listeners to really grasp and understand is that words in the Bible are just pregnant with meaning. And so um, the very words themselves and how they're nuanced. And that's why if you can, learning the biblical languages is always the best. But if you can't do that, having multiple Bible translations uh, and it doesn't hurt to have some basic Bible software. There's several different varieties that, yeah. you know, are easy to use, some that are very inexpensive. Of course, you can buy some of the fancier ones as well. <laughs> um, but they're all good in, in that you can start to unpack what some of those words mean. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I highly recommend to some people, there's some free software out there as well. They'll tell you what the original language says. You know, you can just click on a word. What, is, <laughs> what does this originally mean? And from there, you can find out what the deeper meaning is oftentimes. Yeah, and by the way, just a little clue for those of you, you know, interested in going and and pushing yourself a little bit further. um, Names in the Bible oftentimes have a lot of significance. You know, a a name that we name our kids or that your own name, um, we want it to sound nice and everything else. But in, in the Hebrew mindset in the Far East, especially in ancient times, a name would be... Uh, a characteristic that you really hope and desire for your child. And so not only just the words, but even the names themselves oftentimes have a lot of significance in biblical stories. You know, uh, probably probably not the best time to bring this up, but I heard Elon Musk just had a child and he named his child the letter X, uh, A-E, and then it's the number, and then it's A-R, and then it's 12. And what it means is the X is the variable number, uh, the AE is elfish a language from uh, Lord of the Rings, and the 12 is, I mean, this whole place, I'm like, you know, he's going to have a really hard time when they're doing roll call at school. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just reminded me what you said, which is oftentimes in biblical biblical uh, language, their character was revealed through their name. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it actually, there went some prayer behind it. There was some serious thought behind it. And you can find out a lot. I, I just off the top of my my mind, uh, Joshua, uh, Jehovah saves. You know, yeah. God saves, and he was a, a type of uh, showing us a little bit of characteristics of Christ. He wasn't Christ, mm-hmm. but showing us what what Christ was going to be like. Uh, you know, it, it just it has those revelations behind their names. Love it. Yeah. So we just see again and again throughout the Bible. Uh, look up the words, and 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 sometimes it can be just as simple as getting a Strong's. Uh, concordance which you can easily access on on the internet nowadays and you can look up that word and find the hebrew now you do have to be a little bit careful because uh what i have seen some people do is they'll go to basically the strong's concordance or whatever um 
and take that lexicon, that dictionary meaning, and then sometimes that word will have ten different meanings, you know, oh, ten yeah. different, and so then they plug in the word that gives the meaning that they want to, and they do that with each word, yeah. and they actually can make the text sound completely very, different, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why it's not just the words themselves. We have to understand their context uh, because sometimes we can actually choose the wrong meaning. And how we do that to make sure we don't do that is really important. That's kind of getting at the well. I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but no, no, it's, that's it, it. Actually, actually leads us into something. It mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday's lesson talks about repetition, words, and patterns and meanings. Even sometimes repetition. Seeing that it actually does something. Uh, in Genesis 1, 26, mm-hmm. it keeps on repeating, uh, God created man in his image. So you see, created an image and created an image. And what it does there, it shows that God intentionally made man in his image. And I don't want you to forget this, right? Yeah. And, and the Bible, clearly, through repetition and through, you see an emphasis that's in the word of God. For example, look at the word love. Yes. You know, that's a word that comes through again and again and again throughout the Bible. And you just see that, hey, this is something that's really important to God. God is love. uh, And and you could, you know, you have to be careful that you don't, you know, again, context is really important to make sure you don't develop some strange ideas. But (laughs) but you can't help but miss the obvious that, that God is love. He really cares about you. He really cares about me. Yes, yes. And you see that relational aspect being brought out there. Mm -hmm. And also, it gives us another text, Isaiah chapter 6. Uh, again, another one of these oh, key words of the Bible, holy. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy. Yes. And, you know, God is holy. And that's one of the great themes is the holiness of God. And and God, while he is relational with human beings, he also is the God of the universe. He's above human beings because he is God, you know, and he is holy. And it's an amazing characteristic. Um, when I read that verse, I had new meaning because we teach a world religions class here, as you yeah. know, and we went to the Jewish synagogue uh, last year, last semester, I should say. And, we, we, you know, it's interesting in the synagogue, whenever Jews, even to this day, they say or quote this passage, holy, 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 they actually step up on their tiptoes, do this kind of wow. uh, up and down because they want to not just say the words, but because it's so sacred, it's so significant Every time they say holy, 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 they, they kind of do a little bounce up on their toes, uh, lifting themselves up, just to, doing a physical reminder. Anyways, I can't help but read this passage, but remember that experience. You know, I, I think it was actually in a in seminary, and I didn't realize this until I actually got there. But when you see something that's uh, repeated, mm-hmm. uh, that means pay special attention to it. And then yeah. when you see it said three times, that's, this puts an emphasis on saying this is something definite that's not going to change. So by saying holy, holy, it'll be like, whoa, pay attention to that. But holy, holy, holy is saying this is who he is, right? Uh, and so you see that emphasis being brought up there. So repetition here is something that's very important. It sounds like uh, when my wife calls my kids to lunch, you know, <laughs> not to trivialize the how sacred important that is, but you know, the more you repeat it, the more urgent it becomes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree. <laughs> All right. So we talked about uh, repetition words and meanings. Let's talk about text and context. Mm. Uh, yeah. We, now we talked about this a little earlier as well, because I've, I don't know about you, Michael. I've heard several sermons being preached out of context, right? Or using text out of context. Don't get me started. I tell you, <laughs> um, it's, it's painful <clears throat> as a, as a pastor and as a religion teacher to hear some sermons where people didn't actually do their homework. Yes, yes. Or come up with uh, theology 
where they just make up their own ideas. And like you said earlier, they bend the Bible to say what they want it to say. And it's completely the opposite of what God's word. God's word is supposed to transform us and then out of that experience. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of a shallow, superficial way of reading the Bible. And unfortunately, it's way it's just far too common. I, I don't want to you know step on any toes, but uh, it certainly is uh, far more prevalent than I'd like to admit it is. You know, uh, I, the Wednesday's lesson brings up a very good point, especially if you're translating the word for mankind and man is the same it's and and the uh word for at the man adam it's the same yeah adam but then sometimes it's adama which adds a little thing to it but sometimes it means mankind and sometimes it means exactly the man and so you have to look at the context in order to find what what the bible is saying let me give just a quick example to our listeners came you know there's sometimes a what I would like to say, you know, recently we're talking about the perspicuity or the clarity of Scripture, how yes. Scripture is supposed to be, make it very clear what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do, God's plan of salvation and so on. But sometimes we get so focused on an overly literalistic and narrow reading of a word, and this is a good example, where we miss the obvious, where uh, people want to say, you know, because it says mankind, therefore it's talking about only men. And, and that's not what it's talking about. The, yeah. the gift of salvation is for men and women. Um, just give you <clears throat> a little bit of a devil's advocate here. But, you know, in the Ten Commandments, <clears throat> yeah, the Seventh Commandment, it's talking about, um, <clears throat> you know, um, well, sexual purity ult ultimately, but it's also talking about, you know, a man should not lust after a woman. Yeah. But the idea is, is sexual purity. Yeah. But if you take an overly narrow and literalistic reading of that text, you can say, well, it's okay for a woman to lust after a man. <laughs> and I don't think that's the intent of God's Ten Commandments and no. the, the point there. And so if we're not and I, I say that, and some people say, well, surely no one actually, you know, actually really believes that. But you'd be surprised. We at do how it different ways. We, exactly. We do it, and in, in we, we can, uh, without realizing we're doing it. That's why we want to be faithful to the Word of God. We want to be faithful to the intent of God's commandments or promises as found in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 6. You know, uh, these are absolutely essential yeah. for us to get the point that scripture is trying to make. And the only way we do that is by carefully looking at the text and the context. You know, I, I was, I it was probably about two years ago. I heard a sermon preached and this sermon was on John three sixteen, And this gentleman was saying that everyone's going to be saved. It doesn't matter what you do or how you've done it. Everyone is just believing. And, and I'm like, he, he did the cardinal sin. He didn't read what was before and he didn't read what's after. Cause if you keep reading, you'll see that men love darkness rather than light. Uh, so it's a decision. Yeah. And so fully believing in him is actually following him and turning away from darkness to light. And uh, so, so once again, if you want to understand context, you need to read what's before. You need to read what's after, not just the text you're, you're, you're looking at. Love it. Love it. Well, and by the way, this kind of leads us right into Thursday's message is not only do we look at the immediate text and context, but it's also helpful <clears throat> to read entire books of the Bible, that each book <clears throat> of the Bible is a unique unit in it of itself. Yeah, it is. And every, every text, uh, you know, as we're looking at it, as we look at the books of the Bible, there, there's a purpose for them. And those biblical authors are letting us know what those points are. And sometimes the whole, the biblical authors are writing and the Holy Spirit is the one revealing to us 
what the point of this is. Uh, and so it's important to understand uh, scriptures don't stand alone by themselves, that these books have meanings. Yeah. You know, it's good for our listeners to also remember each book of the Bible is a different genre, yeah. a different style of writing, a different author. Sometimes we don't even know who the authors of different books of the Bible are. For example, the Psalms. Many of them are written by David. Some are written by others. Yeah. And some, frankly, we just don't know who wrote them. Yeah. It doesn't we, we, tell we us. Don't, we don't have an idea. And, and But there's still a specific genre. The Psalms are meant as poetry. Yes. And they were meant to be sung oftentimes to music. And we know that in biblical times they did do that. Now, we don't. I wish we had the melodies and tunes with which they would have sung those different psalms but that would be amazing wouldn't it yeah and but i know some people have set them to music and and they're lovely i love to listen to those scripture songs it's I always find it encouraging those are very different than say ecclesiastes which are these short pithy statements of wisdom yeah which is very different than the torah the the first five books of the bible uh again all different kinds of genres and so when you read a book of the bible recognize you know, if you can, who the author is, who's the audience, and read it as a unit. And sometimes it's good to step back and, and read not just maybe a key text that's a proof text that we like to use and say, oh, that's really important for me. John three sixteen seventeen, one of my favorite proof texts, if you believe, about salvation. But uh, it's also good to read that whole narrative with Nicodemus to get yes. the context of it and read the whole Gospel of John. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, that's a, something I had our students do in life and teachings class this semester and I had three messages this week saying wow. I've never read a book of the Bible before and I want to continue this and one student in particular said this has changed my life like thank you so much for and I was like I didn't do anything just had to read the book of John you know and the Holy Spirit does the work it truly does yeah. truly does and by the way our listeners I want to challenge you you know if you're at home through this COVID-19 and you're kind of still trying to figure stuff out open the word of God and read it and and maybe take one of the Gospels if you haven't read a book of the Bible before, just like your students, Buster, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or, or John, one of these Gospels, and just sit down and read that whole Gospel. Maybe you're at home wondering what to do on Sabbath. Take a book of the Bible. Read it. Awesome. Well, I, I think that pretty much concludes our uh, Monday through Thursday's lesson. And, and hopefully you guys will join us uh, on Facebook Live. Uh, we look forward to having your questions. So start thinking of those questions you're going through your, your lesson study. And uh, hopefully we'll see you this Sabbath, uh, 10 a.m. on Central Facebook time. Live. Yes, yeah, Central, Central Time. time. So All right. That. Well, I guess this is uh, Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. God bless. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahoo.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.